Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Big CI Breakdown, Coulter Nuanez, SkylineSportsMT.com. Appreciate you being with us here on the Big Sky Breakdown as we are into now week two of the 2022 football season. This Big Sky Breakdown, short on guests, long on analysis. Brooks Nuanez, Ty Gregorak, our two main guys here at Skyline Sports, breaking down all things Grizz, all things Bobcats, all things Big Sky Conference. Gotta say thank you to all of our sweet sponsors here uh, at Skyline Sports, at the Big Sky Breakdown. Town Pump Food Stores, Town Pump's been keeping us fueled up both literally and figuratively, we're doing a big promotion, Town Pump by the Mile. Every week, we will be giving you an opportunity on Nuana's Now, my daily radio show, to call in, win a gas card from Town Pump. They're also keeping us on the road, keeping Skyline Sports going between Missoula and Bozeman and all over Big Sky Conference country. Also, I have to thank Blackfoot Communications. Love all of their business development ideas and all of their friendships and partnerships and all of their support of us as we continue to expand and build here at Skyline Sports. Thanks to Nick's Tabor, Westpac Wealth. Westpac Wealth, your go-to spot for any financial advice. Nick has gotten me all straightened out. Help me buy a house, help me get out of debt. He's got a life insurance plan going. He's the man. He's got all the answers when it comes to all your financial needs. So give Nick Tabor at Westpac Wealth a call today. Also got to thank J&V Restaurant Supply. One of the innovators here in the modern world with this NIL stuff, name, image, and likeness. They have awesome commercials with the Montana State women's basketball team. They just make me laugh every single time. But more importantly, they're your go-to spot for everything kitchen. Whether you need some upgrades for your home kitchen or for uh, your restaurant or you're throwing a big party, a big event, jvrestaurant.com. Thanks to Opportunity Bank. It's always awesome to bank locally. They help your money stay in the Missoula and the Montana communities. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. And if you've been following along, I've been trying to stay fit. I've been trying to get fit, uh, more importantly. Uh, you know how it goes. You get in your 30s, you're an old athlete, and uh, you don't have sports practice every single day, and you let it slip a little bit. Got to get it back a little bit. So I've been waking up early, been getting my uh, exercise in, been trying to eat healthy. But we have some awesome supporters for that. I've been diving into some yoga down there at the Hot House, downtown Missoula. That's been very, very soothing. Helped me with my mindfulness there at the Hot House. Detoxes your body with the sweat. Increases your flexibility. It's been great for my mind, my body, my soul. Also have to thank Allie and the gals at Hype House. What a great place that has been. I've been going there for a little more than a year, and it's totally outside my comfort zone. It's beat-based cycling. So certainly, <laughs> I'm an atypical figure in the class as a, uh, you know, Six one and a half, two hundred and fifty-five pound uh, former All-State lineman. <laughs> Not a lot of people around there look like me, but I've made a lot of great friends. It's been great to stretch uh, just my courage and my dedication. And the workouts are not only awesome, but they are so efficient as well. In and out in forty-five minutes. Hit it on your lunch break. I've been going there four or five times a week now, and. Uh, it's been awesome. It keeps me fresh mentally and definitely gets me going as well. And I also have to thank Elevate Nutrition for keeping me all fueled up as well. They have awesome post-workout shakes. They have awesome meal replacement and breakfast shakes. And I've been just rolling on these power teas. These things, all natural caffeine, 160 milligrams of natural green tea extract and, and coffee bean extract. And uh, no crash either. It's not like coffee. You, you don't go up and down. You just drink one. Boom, you're set for the day, feeling good, sustained energy, and they're super, super healthy too. Filled with antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, 
vitamin B12s in there. Uh, that's so, stuff so good for your brain and your cells. And uh, ginseng, ginkgo biloba. It's like a it's like a brain nutrition shake and a little zip of caffeine all in one. So really appreciate Elevate Nutrition for keeping me fit during football. Without further ado, Brooks Nuana, SkylineSportsMT.com. Big Sky Breakdown, talking all things Bobcats, all things Grizzlies. What do we see in week one? Here's our analysis. Blackfoot Communications just launched new business services delivering big value to smaller firms. With reliable voice, fast internet, business-grade Wi-Fi, and around-the-clock support, Blackfoot ensures you remain connected to your customers, employees, and communities throughout the day, every day. For more information, go to blackfootsmallbusiness.com. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. The first in-season Big Sky Breakdown for the 2022 year. Sorry I sound so funny. There's so much smoke in the air. I can hardly breathe. Can't sleep. Just uh, kind of the way it goes. We are lucky that we didn't have any of this in the normal August. Didn't descend upon us until September. But I was feeling a little dragging because we had quite a uh, a Saturday. At least I did. I went to the first a uh, quarter and a half of the Grizz game in Missoula after doing our college game day pregame show there uh, adjacent to the walking bridge uh, on the University of Montana campus. Then hit the highway, hit I-90, and went to the Gold Rush game in Bozeman. Appreciate Town Pump for their continued sponsorship of the Big Sky Breakdown. Town Pump by the Mile will be giving you gift card opportunities on ESPN Montana as well as continuing to tell you all the great deals and tell you all about the Pump It Up rewards that Town Pump has got going on. But I was dragging on Saturday, needed a little something-something. So I went into town pump, got some fuel, got the the car washed. I know that's an interesting deal. I get my car washed before you take the drive because then you got the clear, nice windshield. You know, you can double it up on the way back. And I also got a little yerba mate tea, a little caffeine for myself, a little natural caffeine. So I appreciate town pump for keeping us fueled up and keeping us on the road. Uh, we're going to diagnose uh, both the Montana 47 to nothing win over Northwestern State and Montana State's 40-17 to 17 win uh, over McNeese State. Uh, let's start in reverse order. We'll start with the Bobcats because uh, Brooks Noir is joining us here on the Big Sky Breakdown. I've been really thinking about this game, Brooks. Rewatched it twice. And there's a lot of, you know, details that we'll get into, X's and O's, operations, things like that. But you and I were both texting back and forth sort of bewildered by what we were watching for the first half. Part of it was because the jerseys were just the exact same. The McNeese State yellow and the Bobcat yellow. None of it was gold. It was all yellow. It was all disorienting. It's really hard to cover and photograph games when the jerseys are like that. But here nor there. I realized that this Bobcat team and early on in the Bobcat season, it's going to be a real steep learning curve learning how to watch them. Because more than any other team we've ever covered at Skyline Sports or in the Big Sky period, we watched the same guys for four, five, and six years at Montana State. The first guys you look for, 15, 22, 76. I did a triple take. I don't even know who 76 is on the Cats. I did a triple take three times. It's like, that's not Lewis Kidd. 15, where is he? Who's wearing 15? Oh, Birdie Groovy's wearing 15. That's not Troy Anderson. Isaiah Fonse stayed on the sidelines were in 22. You know, I mean, it's it's a totally different team. And it, it was just disorienting at first to watch. And I think it really showed you 
the the true unbelievable shooting star that Troy Anderson is. Because he really was the first and last guy you would watch, no matter what sort of Bobcat football you watched, for since he stepped onto campus in 2017. To be missed, certainly. There's you don't get to watch guys like that who pop on the on the field. You know, the classic. If you don't know much about football and you watched Troy Anderson, you'd know he's good at it. Uh, it's low hanging fruit, but it's also such a pleasure for you know real football junkies. Montana State had a ton of transfers. Some new guys, some young guys. Uh, the body types are so different. Like you mentioned, Coldly, you just kind of look at the f- offensive front and you say, "Are these guys? Uh, what do we got going here? Is this? Are they undersized? Is there like some random body types? Is, is that guy skinny? Who's this guy? Okay, that's that's a good tackles, good guard, good. Okay, they are good. It just looks so. It does. It looks so different, and I think that it's going to be a different style that they play. I think that. Part of the reason Montana State took the the FCS playoffs by storm last year is because they played an 11-game schedule and then they played an entirely different style in the playoffs. Very hard to prepare for. I think that's the style they're going to play, though. And I think that they have already adjusted their personnel to maybe fit that style a little better. Like, last year they catered the offense to Isaiah Fonse. Smart. Best running back in the league. One of the best running backs in the country. I don't think that's the ideal running back for the system that they want to run. I actually think the guy that played on Saturday, Lane Sumner, is a way more ideal running back. I also know that Kagan Williams is a guy that they were super high on. We're hearing all sorts of stuff about Kagan Williams. I can't speculate too much. Uh, but when you hear neck injury, that's that's not good. It's something to really consider for himself, his family, and his future. So I really don't know what the future is with him. But a late scratch, and who knows what happens with the San Diego State transfer. But... Um, I think that offensively, what you saw Saturday in part is kind of going to be what um, they want to do moving forward. I thought there were several things offensively. Let's just get into that part of it, the the schematics. I thought there were several things offensively that I saw that were um, lacking for Montana State in the first half. I thought their offensive line wasn't on the same page. They weren't communicating that well. I also thought that in the zone read game, I thought Tommy Malott was struggling to make reads a little bit. But I also thought McNeese State was making him see ghosts a little bit. And he was pulling the ball when he should have given the ball. And uh, they definitely had a good plan. And there was a, a certain element of surprise. I think that the best thing you could take away from that game is that they did not look very good offensively. But then they go for it on fourth down late in the second quarter, get it. And then the next play, Tommy Malott hits Willie Patterson in the corner of the end zone for a go-ahead touchdown. And then that next 15 minutes, they dominated offensively. In the third quarter, they had 244 yards of total offense, scored 16 unanswered points, and really took the game uh, under control. But, I mean, how much do you think the, the early game and, I guess, first-half struggles were part were from McNeese State being brand new? Part of it, I mean, I think part of it was the offseason that Montana State just went through, just all of the talking points about all the things that they've lost and all the question marks. Is Tommy Lott the real deal? I mean, what are the factors that go into a team? And I thought the offensive line just was, you could tell, their first-time unit. Only one returning starter, not a lot of communication. So a lot of factors. But what factors do you think played into uh, their struggles in the first half? You have to assume Tommy Malott had some nerves, right? For sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that that's really fair, too. I think that you probably wouldn't assume any less and probably give him quite a bit of grace in that category. Just, I mean... Pretty 
pretty big uh, burden that that kid took on during the playoffs last year. Then to come out and be, you know, first team all league preseason um, quarterback in the Big Sky Conference. That's a, that's a lot of pressure, man. I I don't think that anyone would would be um, would be able just to carry that in flawlessly. So I think a f- one half of football to warm up makes a lot of sense. I also thought they had a good scheme. I thought McNeese State was pretty talented. I thought up front and defensively, like there were some dudes. You know, I was watching on TV, but like there was some size and some guys. They pushed things. Uh, they stretched things out to the sideline. They made they made Tommy get really horizontal, um, which I think is probably the goal for most teams. If he gets downhill on you, you know he's an eight to twelve yard a chunk kind of guy, and that's where I think that they started to see that they're going to stretch Tommy out. And if you stretch Tommy out, go ahead and give on some of those zone reads and let let uh, Lane Sumner take take hold of that running game because. That's not a first-time thing for Lane Sumner. Lane Sumner's been great for his entire career. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. Um, I'm a big Lane Sumner fan. He's got a lot of juice, man. He's he's a talented kid. Uh, he has a lot of experience as well. So I think overall, schematically, things turned around. We, they, especially in the second half, they looked more like what we're going to see for the remainder of the season. There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. We're going to do a lot of comparing and contrasting between Montana and Montana State this year. Obviously, most of you here are here to hear about those teams. But the thing, I, I believe that this Montana State team, while I think they have a chance to be good on defense, their identity is going to be based upon their offense. They have an offensive head coach, a quarterback-driven system, a ton of really talented skill guys. Montana has a defensive head coach, a ton of really talented defensive guys, and a defensive identity. But the biggest contrast, although Montana State is an offensive team and Montana is going to be a defensive team, the biggest contrast is the the way that they want to dictate. Montana State, I think, is going to come in with a pretty vanilla game plan most of the time and then try to out-adjust you in the second half. I mean, they really pulled away from teams last year. And I think Brent Deegan, that's North Dakota State style. I mean, the North Dakota State in its highest evolution – is to just get up two scores and sit on you. But I, I do think that halftime adjustments and win in the third quarter, it's such something that I think Brett Vegan puts a high priority on. I think Montana State's going to be able to do that as well. Montana, defensively, they don't want to play a single second of chess. They're just trying to – I mean, I've been watching these pro wrestling documentaries, right? They're like Bill Goldberg. They just want to end the match immediately. Like, Braxton Hill answered a question at the press conference yesterday. You were there, uh, Big Sky Defensive Player of the Week, linebacker for the Grizz. And somebody said, what can you get better at? And he said, well, our goal is to go three and out on every single drive. Like, we're not trying to let the other team, like, feel it out so that we can, like, bait them into a pick or whatever. Like, we're trying to just Hulk smash you. <laughs> and that's, I think, this the that's going to be the, the biggest storyline all year long is one team – is going to patiently wait until they can just out-execute you technically. The other team just wants to beat your ass. I mean, I would characterize them as similar. I think Montana State 
has to be careful, you know, in some games where they face another good offense. If, if you wait it out, you get down 14-0. I mean, things can get, you know, turned sideways on you. Uh, the Grizz with, you know, the opposite mentality uh, definitely are going to jump all of our teams, and I think it'll be hard to score against them no matter what the, the outcome or what the opponent is. So we'll see how that all plays out. I do agree with you. I do understand, um, you know, Brett Vegan being a little bit more conservative. But, you know, I also see that last year in the playoffs they took some shots early and they, they got on top of teams like Sam Houston. I mean, just got all over them. So I could see that happening too. But I do understand the, the, the premise and, you know, I, I tend to agree. Blackfoot Communications continues to lift up our local entrepreneurs, delivering the resources needed to transform ideas into businesses. Our C2M beta program was founded with the mission to connect local entrepreneurs to more. With access to more professional expertise, more state-of-the-art technology, and more development resources, our 12-week program delivers the foundational and modern skills required to transform influential ideas into thriving businesses. Apply today at goblackfoot.com slash apply. Thanks, guys. Breakdown. SkylineSportsMT.com. Presented in part by Blackfoot Communications. Thanks to Blackfoot for all of their awesome support of each and everything that we do. They're the official digital sponsors of Grizz Athletics. They are also the official sponsors of this Big Sky Breakdown. Huge sponsor of our YouTube channel at Skyline Sports. Also a sponsor of the Inside the Den podcast with Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. Riley will join me, Coulter Nuanas, on Nuanas Now every Monday for the Montana Football Hour. We're recording this on a Tuesday. It probably won't be out until Riley has already made his appearance on the Montana Football Hour, but go check that out as well. Uh, Riley is the voice of the Grizz, but also very good at keeping tabs on the rest of the Big Sky Conference and the FCS at a national level, he, he's actually one of the best guys at keeping tabs on the FCS on a national level. So tune in uh, every Monday from 4 to 5 for the Montana Football Hour, but as well as uh, on the Nuanas Now podcast. And he'll be on the Big Sky Breakdown from time to time. You can also catch me on the Inside the Den podcast uh, from time to time. Appreciate Blackfoot. Brett Vegan addressed on Monday the big plays that the MSU defense gave up. Watching the game back, too, that there was one uh, long touchdown off a pass play. All the rest of the big plays were on run plays. And I, to me, watching it back, it was just guys getting out of gaps. And I think part of that stems from some new guys in, in the fold. I also think part of it stems from you don't have number 15 anymore. <laughs> Callahan O'Reilly can be out of his gap a little bit and just be ready for the cutback because – the other dude is just going to chase down everybody in the in the open field. So, you know, I, I guess what I'm asking you is, when your big play, you're when you're giving up big plays and it's it's simply because of misexecution, that's something that you can fix, right? Yeah, I think I definitely think so. I'm not going to overreact on Montana State's defensive performance, but I do think that you call a spade a spade. It wasn't great um, no. in the first half. I mean, they they looked kind of. Bad, kind of bad. Uh, there was some times where Callahan O'Reilly, other linebackers, Danny Yu. Well, I gotta nail his name. Do you, can you say it? That's hard, man. Those Yulia names. Akefa. You say all the. You say you say every every uh, every single consonant and vowel in in uh, the classic Polynesian name. That's a hard name. But Danny Yu and and uh, and Callahan both. You know, in that kind of scheme culture. They have, you know, you got to cover two gaps. Let's call it that. You know, let's call it a two-gap scheme. Well, they've been running that scheme where they had a guy who covered six gaps <laughs> and then guys that covered like a half of a gap. So, yeah. I mean, we're not going to over-exaggerate Tranishan's, uh 
you know, tremendous abilities. But let's be real. Like, the first two or three drives that McNeese State had an offense, it was like, holy crap. Uh, what are the cats got going on here? Well, and also, they talk about the delicate dance that is the cat's system. It's all predicated on one guy. And it's not the middle linebackers that we're talking about. It's not the big nickel. It's not the safeties. It's the nose. That's where I think they have a chance to make a lot of progress. Is Chase Benson was so physically powerful, he could get wherever he wanted. And so then when he ignites whatever it is that the 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 rest of the defense flows off of, like he flashes across the center's face, the nose flashes across the center's face, and it starts a bunch of like organic stunts that the line runs. It also determines a lot of ways that the linebackers flow. Chase Benson was, I don't know how he was underrated, but he was underrated. I mean, he was one, he was, you could argue their most important player defensively last year. He wasn't their most decorated or their most productive, but he was their most important. And I just think it's going to take a while. I mean, Sebastian Valdez was a starter last year, but at a different spot. It's going to take a little while for them to figure that part out. Uh, and I, I think that once Valdez does it, or once Blake Heel can do it, Blake Schmidt, Kyle Rigg was out in this game. So I do think there's a lot there uh, where I guess, and this is the same point I'm going to make about the Grizz too. With these two programs, the level of expectations that they have right now as programs, enduring the nine months of what ifs and who, who, what, when, where, whys, is is a little bit of an arduous task. Now they're into the season. Now they don't have to think about how are we going to be good enough to do this and make this run. Now they just have to be better than they were a week ago. Now they can sit there and say, in this game, here's what we did well. Here's what we did not do well. Let's do this better. And that's where coaching comes into play, and that's where culture comes into play. And I think that if Montana State looks at what they do, and I think that that's why it's important to be uh, self-aware as a program. And uh, we're going to get into Montana and their self-awareness right now, or in a little bit, but I do think that Brett Vegan's staff is self-aware enough to know, hey, here's the things we did well, here's what we didn't do well, and they can coach them up and at least try to get better. 100% agree. The one thing that you you have to monitor is that what they're trying to replace was experience. And you can't replace experience with unexperienced guys. That's not a, that's not a one-for-one, one, right? So guys like Sebastian Valdez at a new position on the inside, Danny Yu bumping over from Will to Mike, being kind of the signal caller of a leader of that defense, those are things that you can't just make them better overnight. They're going to take time. How much time is the key? Usually by week five or six, you better be playing at a very high level, you know, kind of the, almost your peak of the season just due to natural attrition. You're going to start being physically less able. Um, so by week five, six, you know, that's that's another month and a half. You hope that, you know, you see Montana State and some of those new guys take big strides on defense. Part of the glory of building a business comes from leaving a legacy to ensure your business continues thriving into the future. Have you asked yourself lately, what is your plan? Forming a personalized business succession plan is essential to know the passion you put into your business will carry on. Nick Tabor at Westpac Wealth is here to help you navigate all your business succession and retirement planning needs. Give Nick a call at 728-6699 and keep the spirit of possibility vibrant while making your future more tax efficient with a personalized business succession and retirement plan for you. All right, let's talk about the Grizz. Um, the first two possessions of the first half offensively for the Grizz, you're sitting there and you're thinking, man, 
They got themselves a quarterback, and because they got themselves a quarterback, they have trust in it, and they're running all sorts of modern offenses. Andrew Houghton texted me uh, after the second touchdown. He says, this is a legitimate modern-day offense, and I am legitimately shocked. And Because uh, last year, some of their stuff, you were like, what are they running? What, how can't they be a little bit more creative? How can't they help their guys a little more? Well, they're running like pre-snap motions. They're running inside screens. Uh, they ran a little tight end stick. And then after they scored the first two drives, then they went back to just inside zone, run it in the back of the lineman. I don't know what. But that's all to say, we, again, I, I, I must also re-express the caveat we always come with, and that is these teams have national championship expectations. We're analyzing these under can they actually win the national championship, not can they beat McNeese State and Northwestern State. I hope they can. So we're always going to be hard on them. But I, I do think that the Grizz offense looked more diverse with Lucas Johnson at the helm. And uh, we're going to get to their defense, but my goodness. They, I mean, they're just so unbelievably well-conditioned and ferocious. It's just it's hard to even comprehend. But uh, at least at times, they showed flashes of being more diverse and more functional offensively. But other times, they looked completely non-functional offensively. The good news for the Grizzlies, they're not going to try have to try to win with their offense hardly ever. But I, I thought that there's there's there was some uh, rays of sunlight in what you saw, especially early for Montana. hundred percent. And the thing is that they don't have to win with their offense. But I think with what they're running right now and with Lucas Johnson at the helm, I think they could win with offense, which is kind of a change. You know, they've had some times the last handful of seasons. Um, you know, Dalton Sneed had some impressive runs um, offensively, but. I think it's a different team and it's a different offense. Um, they have a lot more diversity. Lucas Johnson has great command of it. I thought his presence was probably his, his best attribute. I thought that he had a lot of other good attributes. I thought he threw the ball very accurately. Um, at the line of scrimmage, he was able to make all of his, you know, pre-snap calls really functionally. Um, and he has a, he can run a little bit. You know, I, I've had a lot of people ask me, well, this kid looks really good. Uh, maybe the best guy we've had in 10 years. And I say, you know, well, what do you think about Dalton Sneed? You know, that's the other question is, yeah, well, Dalton Sneed was a good player. Is he better than that? It's like, if he was exactly the same, which I actually think he is better, if he was exactly the same, he's three and a half inches taller and 30 pounds heavier, which is really helpful in the style of play that those guys play. Yeah, I've gotten asked a lot to compare and contrast Lucas Johnson and Sneed too. The size is the most obvious difference. I think the second difference, though, is, and I have only talked to Lucas Johnson three times. And, and well, I got to know Dalton Sneed pretty well because they kind of put him up on a pedestal and kind of made him the spokesman for the offense during his two years at Montana. And he's also a golfer, so I saw him out at the golf course a little bit. But um, completely different personalities, which I think personality is important when it comes to quarterbacks. Dalton Sneed's a, a rah, rah, you know, varsity blues quarterback, like I'm the leader, I'm going to get everybody going, I'm, I'm the extension of the head coach. Lucas Johnson's more like Mr. Smooth, Mr. Cool, like way more cool, calm, and collected. I mean, Lucas Johnson's in his seventh year of college, so he's probably the same age as Dalton Sneed still right now, you know? Also, like, in terms of play style, Dalton Sneed has a lot of juice with his arm. I mean, Dalton Sneed throws the ball on a rope. I think Lucas Johnson is a little bit more of a lofter when he throws the ball, a little bit longer of a release. I actually think Sneed is probably a little bit faster, but I think Johnson will be a way better runner because Johnson glides, he's got a long stride, more than anything, Sneed's personality would be that he would get upfield and then he'd go hunt a safety and he would get this the shit kicked out of him sometimes. And that's why he got hurt all the time because he did have the, the the cojones and he did have the the toughness. 
Lucas Johnson is is you know he's California cool and he's kind of Mister Pretty Boy. Like he's not trying to go hawk a safety in the open field. What I'm saying is he's smart enough that he's just going to glide out of bounds. Every single one of his runs, he finished it by going out of bounds. So he was never getting tackled ever. And I think that'll help quite a bit. Now, who who could produce better? I mean, Dalton Steen was the newcomer of the year in the Big Sky his first year, and uh, just because of uh, how good he was his second year, or just because of how good the quarterbacks, I should say, in the league were his second year. He was only here two years. Uh, just how good the quarterbacks were in the league his second year, he was, quote-unquote, only honorable mention all-conference. But he's a pro. I mean, if some things go his favor or some decisions are in his favor, he's playing in the CFL. He's still playing in the Indoor Football League in Las Vegas. So he's good, and if Lucas Johnson is that good or better, that's a good thing. But to me, the ultimate question for how Lucas Johnson can perform is how much will Montana hitch their wagon to him to actually want or need him to win games? I mean, are we going to see any more production than what we saw on Saturday? And does it matter? I think that that what we saw is going to be kind of the, the standard. I think that that is exactly his regular output is he's going to be able to run the football. He'll get around, you know, anywhere between 40 to 80 yards rushing. Um, and he'll be able to throw the ball downfield. Um, and complete some you know some unique offensive plays. The little tunnel screen to Mitch Roberts for the touchdown was a great play, man. And they that backside slant for uh, Mitch Roberts' um, first touchdown where they they motion the the power tight end over and they draw safety and all that stuff was creative stuff they haven't been doing. Um, so yeah, I think Lucas Johnson has a very high ceiling. I think that he has another another you know level that he could get to that could make him nationally elite. And I always say that the Grizz for years have been one player away because they have all the pieces they have not had the quarterback play the only reason i say that because we're talking about good quarterbacks the past and there's been more than dalton sneed we're just focusing on him because of his playing style there's been other guys that can play right other guys that are good well, we're talking again about the national scene every single team albeit north dakota state has a high level fbs drop down a dude that is a top 60 quarterback in the entire country all schools included. Montana hasn't had that kind of guy for a long time. They've played junior college guys and, and high school kids and all sorts of stuff. So I think Lucas Johnson could be that. Um, I want to pivot, Colt, there and, and talk about Junior Bergen. Um, yeah. I think that the first time I ever saw Junior Bergen last season as a true freshman playing running back, I thought, yep, he's the real deal. Moving positions, they bring in some transfers, they, they develop some young guys, the receiving room is pretty deep. You're like, I wonder where he fits in. Is he a true slot? What is he? It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. He's going to get 7 to 10 touches a game, and that boy has so much juice, it is ridiculous. How about his dead leg on that punt? Dude, I mean, is he Barry Sanders? That's what I'm talking about with these touches is that with how good they are on D, he's going to get five punt returns a game, and he is going to house. If he gets five a game for 12 games, that's 60 punt returns, he's going to house three of them. There's no question. He is an exceptionally talented player. I think that we love Gabe Solser. Gabe Solser, a really good kid. He's given us a lot. Uh, Junior Bergen is going to make people forget about Gabe Solser real quick. I mean, he's got more juice. He does, man. He's got way more juice. He's got so much. He's got so much swag. He's got so. He's so smooth and it's just impressive. This line of these little guys from Billings, man. Solser, Bergen, and Taco Dollar. I thought Taco Dollar was one of the standouts of the cat game. He only had six touches, four of them on punt returns. But, I mean, he, he, he 
Talk about swag. I mean, they have the same. They have the same thing going on. They have that same ability to put your foot at go from a hundred to zero, and then back to a hundred in a in a in a phone booth. It's outrageous. Well, that's what happens when you're so small and yet so strong. Um, Big side breakdown presented by Nick Tabor and Westback Wealth. Nick's become a great friend of both of ours. He helps us with a ton of our financial organization. Helps make your life more tax efficient. Uh, he's got us going with some investment plans, some retirement plans, some life insurance. Give Nick and his team a call at Westpac Wealth for any and all of your financial advice. Uh, yeah, Junior Bergen is... Uh, see, that's this is the dichotomy of the Grizz. The Grizz, we were texting about this two nights ago. It takes so much to really anoint a unit as the best unit in that school's history. University of Montana has such a proud football tradition. Their defensive tradition over the last 30 to 40 years is, uh, you know, second to one, basically, uh, other than North Dakota State. Some of those mid-2000s Bobby Houck teams, like you look at the starting lineup, and you're talking about NFL guys at like half of the starting positions. I mean, there was a moment in time, I think the 2007, maybe 2008 team, whatever Trumaine Johnson's freshman year was, where the whole secondary went to the league. The whole secondary. The, uh, three out of four of them got drafted. That's crazy. That's eight and nine. Uh, right. And so, you know, I'm not ready to anoint this Grizz defense as an all-time great unit. They're, an all-time, they're in the conversation for sure. But, but it remains to be seen where we're at later on. But they are the fastest and most aggressive defense that I've ever seen at this level of football. Period. I do think that the aggressiveness has an opportunity when they get to the absolute highest level of competition to actually be a detriment for them. But when they're playing like-like or lower opponents, they're just going to kill teams. I mean, I couldn't believe how ferocious they were defensively and how over... I mean, Northwestern State didn't have a chance in the world. There wasn't a, a, a front-line guy for Northwestern State, uh, offensive lineman or tight end, that won a matchup. Once, I don't think. I think they went over. I mean, if you graded that out, Northwestern State gets a 10 out of 100. For real. Like, they were, they got their butts kicked up front. But here's the dichotomy. Bergen, Malik Flowers, Aaron Fonts, Cole Grossman, Keelan White, Marcus Knight, Xavier Harris. I mean, you're talking about some of the best athletes in the Big Sky and in the FCS at their respective positions. you got a, a veteran, savvy quarterback. And you got an offensive line that looked okay. Definitely okay. How do you marry that with the defense, though? Because they want to make sure that the defense is the one that dictates everything and is the one that wins them the game every time. So is there a way to just cut it loose and play like they want to play on defense? Because they did cut it loose a little bit on Saturday. Can they replicate that? Is it a replicable effort, what they did? Um, I think it is, yes. But how do you manage it? How do you balance that? How do you... Uh, you know, rip on D and what do you do on offense? You do what you said, Coulter. You score two touchdowns, start running inside zone. <laughs> uh, it, I guess it's just so funny, like the mind of a coach and the way this stuff works. Like I, I know you can't always have it all. You can never have it all. That's just life in a nutshell. But like, why can't you just like, why can't Eastern Washington do what they do on offense and be lights out on defense? Why can't the Grizz do what they do on offense or on defense and and just try to run ninety plays a game and try to score sixty? I, I don't I don't know why you can't have it all. North Coast State wants to score. North Coast State wins every freaking game, forty nine fourteen. I I don't know why you can't do it, uh, but maybe it's just because of the level of football. I don't know. 
Ohio State gets their entire defense drafted every year, and they still and Justin Fields still threw 50 touchdowns his senior year. So, I don't know. Maybe it's possible. Big Sky Breakdown. Brooks Nuana is joining us uh, here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Skyline Sports, uh, MT.com. We'll have some more stuff a little later on this week about the opponents that are coming up. Thanks to Opportunity Bank uh, for their sponsorship of, of the Big Sky Breakdown. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, uh, your opportunity. Uh, one other thing, to, uh, anything left to add? Rooks and I are trying to keep these pretty contained, so it'll be about 30 to 35 minutes because we do have so many other contributors here as well. Uh, but anything left to add here? I think that the Grizz defense is one of the best units I've ever seen in my entire life. Um. I'm so tired of people saying that it's the greatest defense in Grizz history. That might be true down the line. But as of today, until it ha- that happens, it's not. It's not. Tremaine Johnson, Jimmy Wilson, Andrew Schwenk, Keith Thompson, Shan Schillinger, Colt Anderson, Eric Stoll, Corey Bierman, all on the same defense. Yeah. Okay. That I just named just on the secondary True, Jimmy, and Shan all got drafted, yeah. guys. And Colt played in the NFL for 10 years. I like Garrett Graves. <laughs> I like Nash Fouch. I like Robbie Houck. I do. Yeah. Okay. I like Justin Ford. Yep. Justin Ford is 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 not even in the same stratosphere as Tremaine Johnson. Tremaine Johnson made $100 million in the NFL. <laughs> We're not talking about the same thing here. Okay. Production-wise and at this level and for the moment, they hoist a national championship. A uh, guy like Patrick O'Connell wins the Buck Buchanan, has 20 sacks in a season. I mean, we can get there. And that's very rare to be even have a chance to get there. But as of now, let's please be careful on what we're talking about. Well, there's a lot of different ways to analyze this whole thing, too. Like, breaking down a team based solely on league talent is one thing. I think that the, this Grizz defense is undeniable in, in their depth and their synchronicity. I mean, they're running a scheme where it's supposed to be feast or famine. And unless they play Eastern Washington or James Madison, they just feast. There is no famine. Like it's it's pretty insane to watch. Like to to bring that much pressure is crazy. The other thing is, I I don't know if Patrick O'Connell is has a future in the NFL. I, I do think that he'll get an opportunity. I think he's kind of a tweener because he he's he's just not quite big enough. He's an edge in the NFL and he's just not quite big enough. He's not tall enough. He's not long enough. But goddamn, is he good? I mean, in terms of just analyzing him through his his college career and his college abilities oh i mean i don't know man we've seen a ton of great grizz linebackers there's nobody like him I, i'm really willing I, I i agree with you we gotta wait till it's all said and done this year and next year to really analyze this little three or four year span under kent bear and bobby Houck for the defensive unit as a whole but i'm definitely already ready to have a conversation about patrick o'connell as one of the best individual defensive players the grizz have ever had I 100% agree, and that's why I wanted to wrap back around and say was that um, there's no one like him. There's no one with that much buck and that much explosiveness and that much power. His timing is just is just second to none. He is transcendent. I agree with his NFL comp. Uh, I, I don't think that he's league. He's just a funny build, um, a perfect build for football. It's just the NFL is just such a next-level size game. Um, his length, mostly his arm length, you know, is just to, to try to stretch out a block on the edge. It's just really challenging. He's so so good. I can't wait to watch him this entire season. The linebackers played so well. Colter Marcus Wellnell played really really well. Braxton Hill. Hill played great. I mean, I don't know how he won Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, well deserved though, because he had a, he was flying around, had a great motor. 
Garrett Graves played well. Um, but I wanted to just mention before we got off this, of the guy that popped the most was Junior Bergen. And then I thought second and probably overtook him in my mind because, again, football junkies uh, love this kind of stuff. Is I really, truly thought that Kale, Kale Edwards was one of the best young guys I have seen in a long time. Overmatched opponent, okay? But he was getting grown men that weigh 320 pounds. He was tossing fools. He was getting straight-armed, collapsed in the pocket. He had at least three hurries that influenced um, you know, pass breakups or in, in, incompletions. Uh, the young defensive end wearing number zero is first down on every kickoff. You know, they've said on the TV broadcast, I think you mentioned it to me, Coulter, that he's one of, if not, you know, kind of the fastest guy on the team. It's fun to say because, of course, there's probably, you know, a junior Bergen that can scoot. But I was so impressed by him. I can't wait to see what he does this season, especially if they never start him. Because I think that that's probably going to be the case. Is start Jacob McGoring and, like, you know, let, that's, let that that edge, that tackle get a little bit burned out, a little bit tired. And all of a sudden here comes arguably maybe their best actual hand-in-the-dirt defensive uh, line player. Gubner is fantastic in the middle. De'Ari Todd played well, but, like, there's nothing like Kale Edwards. He's the evolutionary version of Mike Murphy. He's way bigger than Murph, though, and that's what's crazy. And he's more athletic, too. No, I, I, that was the last thing I was going to get out of here on, and you already said yours, so we'll, we'll get you out of here on this. I was going to ask you for your three surprising stars of the game, and my three surprising stars of the game, and you already mentioned Kale Edwards. I was going to agree with you on that. You already mentioned Junior Bergen. I was going to agree with you on that. Is Nash Fouch. We have talked about Nash Fouch a lot, about how athletic he is, how good his ball skills are, how good his football IQ is, and how he, just, he didn't know how to hit yet. Well, now he knows how to hit. He had a couple big hits. Uh, so those are kind of my three. Those are our three surprising stars for uh, the Grizz. The Cats, my three uh, surprising stars. JT Reed on the offensive line. He is a very, very good player. Like he, he is has a level of maturity that is uh, above a sophomore for sure. Um, Taco Dollar. I know you agree with that uh, as a guy who's um, looks like he belongs uh, as a true freshman and. We're not surprised about Lane Sumner, so I'm going to leave him off the list because that's kind of low-hanging fruit. What's the other running back? Jared White. Kid has juice, man. Mm-hmm. It's not as it's not a mistake that he almost rushed for 100 yards as a backup as a true freshman. Anybody else from the Cats that stood out to you? Um, I, I I thought you know some of the guys that we've seen before on the offensive line played well. Um, you know, I thought I thought uh, Rush Reimer played well. I thought I think that he's a good player. You know, I thought so before, but I actually think he could be like an all-league style player if he continues to develop. Um, so some more of guys that I was looking to see if they took a step. Um, and I thought that was a good one. I also thought, Coulter, maybe you can help me with his name to, on the Grizz. I thought that the Grizz punter, Pat, Patrick Rohrbach. You got it. Rohrbach. Uh, I thought he yeah, I thought he, had, he was booming punts. His kickoff, he only did one kickoff. They had three guys do the kickoff to kind of, you know, it's mostly it was a tryout. That's what I love about Bobby Houck. He literally, <laughs> literally has a position group tryout in the game. Uh, his kickoff was great, too. I could see him. Honestly, taking over all three duties if he had to. Uh, I was really impressed by the true freshman. Big Zap Breakdown. SkylineSportsMP.com. More with Brooks Nuanez next week. Whether you're in the restaurant business or you just want to host any big event, JMV Restaurant Supply can make sure you have everything you need. JMV Restaurant Supply is your home for everything kitchen. Whether you're a bear or a bobcat, an eagle or a Scotty, JMV Restaurant has everything you might need. They have locations in Bozeman, Billings, and Great Falls. If you can't make it in, JMV also has a great website, jvrestaurant.com. Get everything you need for your next event at JMV, your restaurant specialist. Big Sky Breakdown rolls on. Our lead analyst, Ty Gregorak, joining us now here on Skyline Sports. You can also find him 
upcoming on the Bobcat football games throughout MTN on the uh, MontanaSports.com and MTN throughout your uh, state of Montana. KBZK there uh, in Bozeman, KPAX here in Missoula. So it be fun once the Bobcats get on TV to follow along and see all MTN's coverage for both the Grizz and the Bobcats. Ty will be talking all things Big Sky Conference football with us uh, here on the Big Sky Breakdown. And Ty, my first question for you is this. Montana, number two in the country, coming into their opener against Northwestern State, a 47-0 win. Still looked like there was some a lot of areas, I would say, that can, can be improved. Montana State, a scoreless first quarter, a slow start. But in the end, a 40-17 to win with over 350 yards rushing looks just like what the Bobcats have. When you look at the stat sheet, at least, uh, over the last five years, and uh, a pair of Division One wins for Montana's uh, in-state Big Sky Conference teams. But my first question for you is this. When you're at these two schools, and particularly Montana, given the, the level of excellence that they've maintained over the last 25 to 30 years, how much of it are you battling against? I mean, how much are you playing your expectations? I mean, you you knew this coaching in Missoula for 10-plus years. Uh, the, the expectations for the University of Montana are unbelievably high, and sometimes it seems like the Grizz are battling those expectations as much as they're battling an opponent. Yeah, it's uh, – I mean, I'll put it to you this way. <laughs> there's only so many programs in the country where you can win 47 to nothing. And, you know, people are still, people are still expecting more out of you. You know, I, I look at that game, got to watch most of the game, you know, is there stuff to clean up? Sure. It's game one, but they they took a Southland team, an FCS opponent uh, that, that barely managed, you know, just over 200 yards against them. Um, Oh, I, th- I thought they looked good. I mean, they, their their defense is so good. I mean, they, so they are good. a suffocating defense. I'm not. I'm not. I know North. I know Northwest State struggled a little bit uh, in recent years, but I mean, it's still an FCS program from the South with good athletes, and uh, that, that that Grizzly defense is just suffocating, man. And you know, I know that it was kind of a a strange, weird situation with the whole 37. But then to see, you know, Marcus go out and, and I think lead the team in tackles with almost a dozen. That's a great, great day for him. And he was active and everywhere. And you know, that defense is just fun to watch. So, uh, and offensively, they did, they did some great things. Uh, you know, first game stuff for both uh, both sides of the ball over there. And But, hey, 47 to nothing to start the season. Uh, take that any day of the week. And then over here, again, I mean, I thought the defense looked really good. I, I, I know there's a couple – they ripped off a couple long plays, which um, which was too bad because they were playing really really well on defense too. Awesome to see Callahan O'Reilly go out and have I mean two 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 picks for a linebacker in a season. It's a nice year. Two two picks in the first game. Uh, that's a nice start, you know. So great seeing uh, Tommy look healthy. You know, I think the, I think the only area of concern with the Cats is just ball security. You know, you can't be putting the ball in the ground a few times. They they legitimately that that one. Uh, towards the Sonny Holland end zone, that, that could have been a game-changing type play if, if, if that ball, you know, if, the, if Tommy's knee's not down. So I think, you know, just ball security and, and putting a few on the ground needs to get cleaned up. But overall, again, first game, you beat a Southland opponent 40 to uh, 17. You know, what, that's a great win. And it, what an electric night. Uh, obviously, I wasn't in Missoula. Um but uh, I mean, the crowd looked like it was rocking. But wow, what a what a! I mean, it was hot too. My goodness, it was hot. But it was a, a beautiful night. Everyone was in in gold for the gold rush. It was just just a sweet atmosphere, man. 
I thought it was striking too watching the Bobcat defense. And you talk about a couple of the big plays. I rewatched the game back a couple times and rewound a couple of those plays. And I think it's as simple as this. Callahan O'Reilly is as good as anybody at sticking his nose in there, hitting the ball carrier, you know, being tough and brave. He also had a guy playing next to him that if Callahan O'Reilly got out of his gap, that guy could chase him down because Trey Anderson was the fastest guy on the field at all times. And I think that you could just see it's going to be a little bit of adjustment for a lot of those returning guys on, on Montana State, just kind of learning how to play without the main man in the middle. Well, no question. And, and like you and I talked about last week, you know, people, people are going to talk about Troy Anderson and Daniel Hardy what, what, because they're, they're, we're going to be watching them all year on Sundays. But let's talk about Amandre Williams and Chase Benson. Yeah. And, I mean, there, there's some dudes that were lost too. So I think that's a, that was a big question mark. And, you know, I, I haven't got to watch a replay of the game yet or, or, or a ton of the highlights, but, you know, that one long run – it almost looked like they were in zero coverage or, 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 or some kind of man coverage. And they just, you know, they, they split the gap and, and we couldn't catch up to them. So again, I, I, don't quote me on that because I haven't seen the replay, but you know, watch it, watching up at all sex, section 110 with my wife, it just looked like, I, I don't remember seeing a safety on that play and I could be wrong, but um, no, Cal, Cal's doing a great job. It's just Cal's such a cool story. I mean, he, He's a senior inside linebacker that, you know, was, was our scout team player of the year as a freshman years ago and local, local guy. And he's now got a brother on our team. And I mean, it's just what, what, a, what a cool situation. So hopefully he can just piggyback that, that type of game and, and go be an active middle linebacker and be an all-conference linebacker. But I thought defensively as a whole, they did a great job. And like I said, offensively, I know it was a slow start, but my goodness. I mean, Tommy, Tommy had some great plays and I thought Willie Clee played, played really nicely. And, um, I, you know, that, that game was basically one before half and after half because they came out clicking on all, all cylinders too. So if you look at that second and third quarter, really sharp, mostly sharp halves by the Bobcats minus a couple of, uh, you know, turnover stuff. They just got you cleaned up and say, well, Big Sky Breakdown, presented in part by Town Pump Food Stores. Town Pump, keeping us fueled up both from a snacks perspective but also from a gasoline perspective, too. We're going to have a big promotion all fall along. Town Pump by the mile. They'll be sending us on the road as we go everywhere uh, for Skyline Sports. But I think we'll have somebody on the ground each and every place, whether the Bobcats or the Grizzlies are home or away. So appreciate Town Pump for their continued support and uh, for bringing us Town Pump by the mile all fall along. Ty, you mentioned the Grizz defense. They are so freaking good, and it's almost disorienting to watch because they just swarmed the ball. Like I don't even know how the sports information people keep statistics because you could give five or six tackles on every play because half the defense is laying on top of the ball carrier every time. Uh, first of all, what have you thought of just the way that they've been able to get to this point? Because they've been running the same scheme for the last five years, but they are executing this thing at uh, an unbelievably high level at this exact moment. Well, it's a huge compliment to, to Coach Bear and the, that group of defensive coaches. Again, like you and I were talking, adding Roger Cooper. What a great addition. The guy's been in the league forever, and he understands defensive book, football and obviously Barry Sachs and, and uh, you know, the job they're doing with, uh, up front there. And it's, it's awesome to see. Um, I, I do believe in continuity. That staff has been together, uh, you know, minus – you know, a face for ever since Bobby has returned. Um, you know, as I always used to grade my linebackers, if you were the first one to the ball, that counted as the solo. 
tackle. If you were the first one to, uh, uh, to, to attack the ball carrier, if you were the second or anyone else in that got in on the tackle while the ball carrier was still up, that counted as an assistant tackle. You, you, you can, I mean, I hear people over here talk about, you know, different players and, you know, it's obviously easy to, to talk about the head coach's son because, well, he's the head coach's son, but watch 17 play football. He's around the ball all the time. He sticks his nose in there and he wants to be a part of every freaking tackle that, that he possibly can be. That's what makes these guys special. They all run and attack the ball. And that's, I mean, that's all you can coach and preach and teach your defensive players is just, just, you know, I mean, the, the term you know, play, play just was reckless abandonment. And they've been in the system now for so long. They know where they fit. They know where their buddy fits. And they just get to go run and hit and be, be uh, you know, I, one of the best defenses, probably in FCS, definitely the defense in uh, in the Big Sky Conference right now anyway. It's game one, but, boy, all indications look like that's not going to change this year. They are good. During your time at Montana, I think you coached 30-plus guys, or maybe not individual guys, but I think you had 30 overall-plus uh, all big sky accolades among your linebackers there. I know Patrick O'Connell's playing a different position than pretty much ever existed during the early uh, ten, the first tenure of Bobby Houck there at Montana. He's much more of an edge, which is going to give him much more of sort of those sexy, splashy numbers like tackles for loss and stuff. But still, when I watch him, he's one of the best guys I've ever seen at Montana. I mean, his explosiveness, his timing, his uh, motor. He's 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 truly unstoppable. When you watch him as as a former linebackers coach, what do you see? Well, I I uh, I remember kind of getting in the mix on Patrick late, and he, it was kind of up in there as to what he wanted to do. And I, I just remember thinking him. He, he he's a uh, he's a Kalispell Glacier kid. Is that correct? You got it, and uh, also a great baseball player. He's a great athlete. I mean, he was a, he's a great golfer. He's pretty much good at all sports. No, he was, and that's the thing is, that, you know, he. I remember going up to the school. This was years ago, and I don't remember if it was his sophomore, junior year, but it was like unclear as to what he wanted to play. And um, I can't remember where he started his career. He didn't start with the Grizz, right? He started somewhere. Started at the University of back. Mary, where he played baseball. Yes, yes, exactly. So. I remember just kind of the, you know, hey, what's this kid going to do? What's he want to do? But, man, I remember thinking, what a good-looking athlete. And this kid, is he's special. You're right. I mean, it's it's neat to see because, uh, you know, getting to work with Josh Hill my last couple of years here, and it, you know, sadly I didn't get to really coach him my last year here because he was uh, so dinged up and didn't play till the last game. But uh, Co- Coach, uh, Coach Grady's doing a nice job of putting some – Pretty nice looking linebackers out. Uh, if you just talk about those two guys in the last, you know, five, six, six, six years, you know. So, yeah, the kid's a stud. I'm excited to watch him play. Ty Gregorak joining us here on the Big Sky Breakdown, presented in part by Nick Tabor and Westpac Wealth. Um, back to the the, the Bobcats. Um, I think that when they watch the film too, I think you're going to see. A lot of things. I, I guess from your perspective as a, as a former coach and now a guy that analyzes this stuff, there's two problems you can have, right? There's execution and communication issues, uh, or you know, just chemistry issues, or there's physical deficiencies. And I think when I watch Montana State, uh, it's the former, not the latter. I, I think that they really do have physical. Uh, they physically they have guys that are absolutely going to be able to get it done. 
it's just the mental part that needs to come along. I mean, do you agree? Do you, do you feel like this is just a matter of, of figuring it out, how to mesh and, and things like that? Because they, they showed def- definite flashes, I thought, uh, across the board, all levels, offense, defense, and special teams. Yeah, and, 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 and Coulter, again, people love to get up in arms over – we're talking about a 47-0 to zero win and a 40-17 <laughs> yeah. win. I mean, it's the first time out. These kids haven't played live football for, for months and months and months now. So uh, I, I think if, if, you, if you want to get nitpicky, of course you're going to find stuff in every game. There's, there's a lot of 18- to 23-year-old guys on the, on the field, some of which are, are, are making plays in college for the first time. These two programs, they're, they're both well-coached programs. They're, they're, they're going to be just fine. And uh, it'll be, especially with the matchups this week, it'll be interesting to see what that progress looks like into week two. There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. It absolutely will. I I asked Brent Vegan this question yesterday, and I do think it's an interesting dynamic as well. College football is so fascinating because – Nine of the months of the year, you're just battling against yourself, both you know tangibly, you're playing against yourself in practice, but also theoretically, you're you're battling yourself and what you think of your roster and what you think of your expectations, and you're trying to temper those expectations and and all that stuff. Now, then you get a game under your belt, and now you can go analyze it. And I think that one of the most important parts about college football is being self-aware, self-scouting, saying, "Here's what we do well. Here's what we can do better." So, I mean, now that they have both both squads have film at their disposal to go uh, use, that that's sort of the first step towards actually then improving. It seems like you can improve way more in certain ways uh, throughout the season than you can when you're just going against yourself. It doesn't understand how much film study and, and, and study really goes into it. The, the demands, I mean, and particularly on the coaches, I mean, that's what the coaches are paid to do is – study, evaluate, and then put together a game plan for that next week's opponent. But, you know, the boys, the boys put in a lot of work and to have that, those live snaps now, and you know, it's just so much easier because like you said too, especially for, for the, we'll say, you know, the Montana offense, it's so hard to simulate, um, you know, when you're going against that defense all the time, every day, it's, it's, it's nice to start getting to those scout periods and, doing some good on good stuff where you're simulating the, the opposition's opponent because, it, you know, Coach Bear's defense is a little funky. So I think just, yes, getting some actual game tape under your belt. So, I mean, kids, hey, listen, you're, you're trying to learn and, and evaluate the entire defense, but but these guys are young men. Who are you really watching? Yourself. So when you get to watch yourself uh, in front of live bullets, it just it, it makes things better and you can say, okay, yeah, you know, Coach is right. That's a heck of a play. Uh, my eyes were off on this play, and and that was the reason for for you know missing the play. So, I, I think personally, I think both these both these outfits will just be better after getting this first game under their belt and have some having some uh, real film to evaluate on themselves and self self scout themselves. And now you can't turn the page. And, and Montana State, they have another um, game that they should absolutely win. I mean, a Pioneer League team coming to town, a team that. 
lost by like seven touchdowns to the almighty Mercer. <laughs> so I don't think Moorhead State's going to bring too much resistance to, to Bobcat Stadium. But Montana, they have a primetime opponent uh, in South Dakota coming into town. And I know it's been several years since the overturn from Joe Glenn to Bob Nielsen, but there is some uh, some connections there with Joe Glenn, former Montana head coach, who then went to Wyoming and then returned and went to South Dakota to coach in the one double AFCS level. And uh, when you guys first took over at Montana, when Bobby Houck first got the job there in 2003, he was taken over for Joe Glenn. So there's some there's some long term connections between the programs, but more importantly, it's a, a borderline top 25 team, a team that was in the playoffs a year ago. So uh, what do you think is the next step for the Grizzlies? What do you think the challenge they have ahead of them uh, with a primetime opponent coming to town? Well, it's a, it's a good, uh, it's, a, it's another good opportunity where if, if in fact they can go out and play the way they did and to, to, to do that against a solid Missouri opponent in South Dakota, I actually talked to Coach Nielsen uh, after, after being done over here and he thought they were close, you know, and, and I know they've kind of done a good job turning things around. Now in that state, I mean, that, that, that other program in Brookings is, is incredible right now. That's a good football team, but I think this guy's doing a nice job at South Dakota. I think they've invested uh, some money in that program. And again, if, if Montana can go simulate even, I don't know, or replicate half of what they did against a Missouri Valley team, I, I just think things are looking good. I really do. I know it's not playing South Dakota state or North Dakota, state but this is a, another good football team that's well coached and if they can go take care of business that's that's number two uh, uh on the belt and things are things are looking good as, as they progress into september and montana state they got to take care of business in this one because then they have a good one uh, against oregon state in portland and obviously you know oregon state with a big win over boise state last week i think uh portland or oregon state excuse me is gonna be better than people think um but how important is it for Montana State to play well, but more importantly, play clean uh, than as they go into their last non-conference game in a week or so uh, with Oregon State on the slate? I, I, I would imagine that's all or a good chunk of what Coach Vegan is preaching this week is did a lot of good things. We probably started a little slower than we want. I think the biggest thing, especially in a, you know on paper, this is a pretty inferior opponent, is just to do exactly what you said, play clean, not, 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 to, not give the ball to the opponent. Um, you know, go get some more turnovers. You know, something we didn't talk about earlier was the six sacks. I mean, that's impressive to start out the season now, six sacks after losing some of the ponies that they did. So I guess offensively, maybe just, you know, a little, a little quicker start and uh, ball security and, and defensively, um, I'm assuming they're just, you know, harping on giving up that occasional big player too. He's Ty Gregorak. He'll join us each week here on the Big Sky Breakdown. You can find his analysis here on SkylineSportsMT.com, and you can look forward to hearing him on the TV broadcast in just a couple weeks. Conference play gets kicked off September 24th, and that's when both Bobcat and Grizzly games will have all of their broadcasts on MTN throughout the state of Montana and on the Scripps Network throughout the Big Sky Conference. Coach Ty, thanks so much for being here, man. Always a pleasure, and we'll catch up with you next week. Thank you, Coulter. Have a great week. 
Part of the glory of building a business comes from leaving a legacy to ensure your business continues thriving into the future. Have you asked yourself lately, what is your plan? Forming a personalized business succession plan is essential to know the passion you put into your business will carry on. Nick Tabor at Westpac Wealth is here to help you navigate all your business succession and retirement planning needs. Give Nick a call at 728-6699 and keep the spirit of possibility vibrant while making your future more tax efficient with a personalized business succession and retirement plan for you. 